Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. We're continuing in Yoradea, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Gerim, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Chof Vav. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas Yentefradl Bas Rabbi Shuaryeh, Harini Kapuras Mishkavo, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Baskalia, Rochel Baskalia, Leia Esther Basmalka, Gittel Leia Basfrumit, Aviva Chaya Basester Mindel, Daniel Yehoshua Ben Yente Frida Blima, Necharochel Basindaleya, Fruma Basgenessa, Yehudis Nechama Basmiriam, Chaim Ben Rachel, Solomaya Bas Tsipka Rivka, Shlomo Ben Rivka Sprinza, Chaim Tzvi Ben Dvoraleya, Leib ben Jenya, Avigail Brocha bas Shira Dvoira, Soraleya bas Chavaliba, Pesia bas Chayester, Borach Mordechai ben Tali, Chana bas Sora, David Leib ben Shena, Avram David ben Chana, Idis bas Miriam Brindle, Michal Sora bas Hadassah, Gitganendel bas Sipoira, Lebaleya bas Sipoira, Tuvi Tzvi ben Chayaliza, Sora Rochel bas Yuspendel, Avidamana bas Yuspendel, Yehudas Ruchama bas Chavarus, David ben Behia, Shendel bas Leia, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Eliana Golda bas Chayef Chanefega, Ayelet Shishana bas Chanaleya, Yisroel ben Chanaleya, Besoch Shar Choli Yisroel. We said that this halacha is based on chapter 59 in Likut Imran, which speaks about bringing people who are far from Hashem, bringing them close to Hashem. And Rabbi Nezal stressed there that in order to do this, you need mishpat, because these people who are far from Hashem are coming with baggage. They're coming with all of their negativity, all of their averis that they've done in the past, and all kinds of things. And it's very easy for that negativity to attach itself to the person who's leading this group or to the whole group and do tremendous damage. So Rabbi Nezal explained, you need mishpat. Mishpat is fire. And this fire burns away the negativity in order to ensure that this negativity won't do any harm to the person who's leading the group or to the group itself. And this, this, this fire, Rabbeinu Zal referred to as mishpat. And we touched on this yesterday, in the previous year, that there's two types, two types of mishpat that Rabbeinu Zal refers to over there. Rabbeinu Zal touches on it, Rabbeinu Zal is going to explain it much more clearly. Ki yesh shnei bechinois bemishpat. Ho'echod ma sheho'odam tzorech lishpoit es atzmoi bechol yoyim. One mishpat is that the person, especially the person who's leading such a chabura, must judge himself, must audit himself every single day to review what he's doing, meaning, to spend time alone with Hashem, and to really talk to Hashem about everything going on in his life, and especially regarding this project of trying to bring people close to Hashem, 
And everything that's in his heart, he should pour out to Hashem. He should tell Hashem about. And in this process, the person is thinking, while he's talking to Hashem, he's thinking about everything that he's doing and trying to figure out, am I doing, is, is it right or wrong? Am I doing the right thing or wrong thing in my, in my connection to Hashem and in my relationship with all the people that I'm dealing with? And to be totally honest with himself. And if he's not sure at all to express that to Hashem, we say in davening every morning, Hashem, we don't know what to do. And we're looking to you for guidance. That's the first category of mishpat. And the second mishpat is that when this person who's leading this type of a group is speaking to the people to, to calculate every single word he says, to think carefully of what he's saying <clears throat> and to make sure to, to judge properly whether to say something, whether not to say it, how to say it, and when to say it. <speaking in Hebrew> to know exactly how to speak and to whom to speak. And to try to infuse these people with his knowledge, with his knowledge of Torah, with his knowledge of Hashem, with his knowledge about life, etc. And this is hinted to over there in chapter 59 in Likute Imran. Rabbeinazal mentions these two categories. As, as, as it says there, Rabbein Azal says you have to generate these malochim <coughs> that are going to help you in this project. What are these mal- How do you generate these malochim? Through mishpat. That the person supports their words with mishpat. The person judges himself and Rabbi Nezal says there that there's two categories. Shemachalkel dvorov, hi bechina achas. Sheodom shoifet esatzmo, hi bechina shnia. The one bechina is that the person calculates every word coming out of his mouth to be very careful to think, should I say this or should I not say it? Is it the right time to say this? Is the right place to say it? Am I saying it to the right person? All of these things, that's one aspect of mishpat. And the second aspect, aspect is the person auditing himself. The person looking at himself and what he's doing and thinking very carefully and very honestly and discussing with Hashem what he's doing and why he's doing it and, and to seek Hashem's guidance. That's the second type of mishpat. Ubasoif, and towards the end of that chapter in Likud Imran, Mevoyer Yoiser, Rabbein Zal goes into it more. Kamashikosusham, as he writes there, Kalyidei Shemechalkel Dvorov Bemishpat, Ayudezei Yochoy Lelamid Letalmidim Chachmosoy. Because by a person being very careful with what comes out of his mouth, 
to really, to, to apply mishpat, to judge, make a careful judgment. Should I say this or should I not say this? Is it the right time or not? Am I, is it going to come out the right way? How is the person going to take it if I say this now? All of this mishpat, through this, a person will be able to teach students to share his knowledge with students. Ayin Shom, take a look over there in Likut Emran, where Rabbeinazal presents this. Now note, Rav Nosanzal brings in another place, I remember my Rebbe, Rav Rosenfeld, used to say that out of all the Gemaras in Shas, Pirkei Ovois, in some ways, is the most important one. Because Pirkei Ovois is where each rabbi was asked, if you had one thing to say to Klal Yisrael, one message, what would you say? That's what Masechta Ovois is. It's the choicest statements of each one of these rabbis, each one of these Tanoim. The first order of business in Pirkei Ovois, the first Mishnah speaks about the chain of how the Torah was given over from Moshe Rabbeinu to Yeshua, from Yeshua to the Zkenim. But afterwards, the first statement in Pirkei Ovois is, have a misunim badin, be slow in judgment. Be slow in judgment. And then it says also, ve'he'emidu talmidim harbe, and, and bring, be makarev many students. And Rav Nassim explains that here again, in order, in order to be Makarev students, it requires this mishpat, this careful judging what comes out of your mouth, tr- making sure to judge people like Havzchus whenever it's possible, and at the same time to realize that you need a combination. Mishpat is a combination of chesed and gevura. And you need both. You need, with the left hand, you need to push away. You have to be careful not to get too close to a student. There has to be, the Gemara says, Rabbi Meir's, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi says, Zroik Mora Betalmidim, that students have to have respect. There has to be an element of fear and respect. Fear of, of saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. Respect for Torah, respect for a shul, respect for yeshiva. That there are certain things that you don't say or you don't do in a shul or a yeshiva in a place like that. There has to be this element of yira and, and a person realizing consequences that this is a delicate, that I'm being given an incredible privilege to be taught Torah, to be learning Torah. And if I chas v'shon, if I make the wrong kind of mistake, if I act disrespectful enough, I could knock myself out of the box chas v'shon. I could disqualify myself. There are stories in the Gemara where somebody said the wrong thing. The Gemara gives an example of Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lokish. Rabbi, Reish Lokish was Rabbi Yochanan's brother-in-law. He was his closest friend in certain ways. Reish Lokish was a student of Rabbi Yochanan. When, when Rabbi Yochanan first met him, Reish Lokish was a leader of a band of thieves, murderers, murderous thieves. And Reish Lokish was very, very strong physically. The Gemara says he was able to jump over a, a river in one jump. Very, very strong. And Rabbi Yochanan was Makar of him. He married him. He married his sister to, to, to Reish Lokish. And they learned Torah together. And there are hundreds of times in the Gemara where Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lokish are debating back and forth, back and forth. Reish Lokish got to a level where he could debate with Rabbi Yochanan. He was a student, a student colleague in a sense. And the Gemara says there was once an incident where they were discussing a knife, a certain type of a knife, a sword. 
and they were arguing. And Rabbi Yochanan, in the heat of the argument, made a statement to Reish Lokish, well, you should know about knives, because you come from a, you know, you were once a killer. And Reish Lokish took it as an insult, and Reish Lokish came back with a statement. Reish Lokish said something to Rabbi Yochanan. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan looked at him, and he died on the spot. That was the end of Reish Lokish. And the Gemara says that Rabbi Yochanan was crying and crying and crying afterwards. That because Rabbi Yochanan had another student, Rabbi Elazar ben Pedos, who was one of his, also like the second closest student. And whenever Rabbi Yochanan would make a statement, Rabbi Elazar would say, I have 10 different proofs to show that you're right, to show that what the rabbi said is right. Rabbi Yochanan said, who needs you? I don't need people to show me that I'm right. Where's Reish Lokish? Every time I would say something, he would challenge me every different way possible. And that's how the Torah would become clearer and clearer. I don't need a yes man. I don't need somebody to tell me everything I'm doing is right, right, right. I need Reish Lokish here to argue with me and force me to think more deeply and more to be able to prove that what I'm saying is right. And yet Reish Lokish died. That was the end of Reish Lokish. And there are other stories in the Gemara like this. The Gemara tells a story about Rabbi Yochanan also, that he once was giving a shear, and in the shear he mentioned that there's going to come a time when, when Mashiach's going to come, they're going to rebuild the base of Mikdash, that they're going to take, they're going to be stones, gigantic stones like the stones we see today by the Kosel, these that we can't imagine how without machinery, how in the world was it possible to move these stones? They're going to be stones like that, precious stones, like, you know, emeralds, you know. So, so the Gemara says one of his students that was sitting there was listening to this, and in his mind he thought, that's ridiculous. You know, to find an emerald, you know, a diamond, they're this big. What's he talking about, stones, you know, like that? Sure enough, he went out on a boat a few days, a while, a while later, he went on a trip by boat, and he's out in the, in the sea, and he sees another boat, and he sees them hauling gigantic, gigantic stones out of the sea. And he brings his boat close to there, and he asks, what is that? And they tell him, we're preparing the stones that are going to be used to rebuild the Beis Amikdash in the field. So he said, wow, I can't believe it. I just saw the movie. Rabbi Yochanan gave a shear, and here I see it live. I see it. So he comes back to the yeshiva, and he comes in, and he says to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi, Please give your shiurim. I love your shiurim. Your shiurim is so good. So Rabbi Yechon says, well, what are you talking about? He says, you remember when you said that? You know, I thought it was ridiculous. I th but I went on a boat. I saw, I saw with my own eyes it was true. So Rabbi Yechon said to him, you mean to say when I said it, you didn't believe it? It's because only because you saw this, that's why you're, you're, you're a person who, who mocks, who, who doesn't respect the words of the Chachamim. He looked at him, and he died. So we see that there's this fire. The, the Mishnah says, a Mishnah in Turkey always that says, Be careful that Tamid Chachamim are like hot coals. When you're handling hot coals, you don't grab it with your hand. You have to know what you're doing. If you make a slight mistake with a hot coal, there's very severe consequences. So there's that element. And there's the element of bringing close, with the right hand bringing close. So there's a very delicate process going on here in teaching Torah, in doing outreach, especially in trying to bring people close to Hashem. 
And this is why Rabbeinu Zal speaks about these two categories of mishpat. Now Rabbeinu Zal says, Vehinei, for a person to audit himself, that anybody can do. You're not engaging somebody else. This is between you and Hashem. You're trying to look at yourself and review everything you're doing and you're not doing and to be honest about it and to talk to Hashem and beg Hashem for guidance, beg Hashem for help. But the second type of mishpat, the hainu lechalkel dvor of the mishpat, to judge carefully what you say and what you don't say, and to whom you say and when you say, For this, a person requires major, major divine assistance, help from Hashem. To be able to know what to say and how to say it and when to say it, and even afterwards, even after a person tries to learn a lot and to think carefully before they speak, it's not enough. A person cannot rely on their own intelligence to say, don't worry, I'll know what to say. I've read a lot of books, I've studied a lot, I know. Because we know there's a certain category of Rishoim who are like the Erev Rav, who made incredible trouble for Klal Yisrael during the 40 years in the desert, where the Pasuk says that the Mishpat is above them. The Mishpat cannot, cannot, cannot cure them, cannot heal them. She'ikar arichas hagolus al and the Zohar Kodesh tells us one of the main reasons why we are in exile now for such a long time, why it's taking such a long time for Mashiach to come, is because of the Erev Rav, Kamuva, as is brought in the Zohar Kodesh. The Erev Rav means people who are in a position of power, they're influential, and they're against Hashem, they're against the Torah, they're against, and, and they're part of the Jewish community. They're converts or other type of people, or, or all kinds of different levels of not being religious, not, not being uh, observant of Torah and mitzvahs properly, and, and they take a leadership role. They think that they're authentic Judaism. They're the ones who are, who are qualified to represent the Jews. Pluralism, all of this kind of stuff that's going on. The Alkain and the Zohar Kodesh speaks about this. The Zohar Kodesh says there's a Pasuk in Eicha where it says, Hoyu The enemies of the Jewish people will become their leaders. Their leaders. Leaders meaning people who, who the world recognizes them, the secular world and the non-Jewish world thinks that they're the representatives of Judaism. And therefore, it's very, very important to give over this judgment to Hashem, to tell Hashem, Hashem, I don't know. I can't necessarily know who to be Makarev and who not to be Makarev, who to talk to and who not to talk to. Hashem knows all the hidden things, things that are hidden from us. And we, we Beg Hashem to lead us in the right path, 
באופן שיזכה לכוון המשפט היטב, so that I should be able to apply this mishpat properly, leida eich ledaber, to know how to speak, to who to speak, etc. V'horishoim she'osor lekarvam, and those rishoim who were not supposed to try to bring close, we're not supposed to include them, we're supposed to exclude them. Yizke lahakiram, we should be zechot to recognize, to know who they are. V'loy yekarvam klal, and not to reach out to them at all, not to try to bring them close. I remember again, during the time that my rabbi, Rav Rosenfeld, was living, there was a question in those days, missionaries, Jewish missionaries, Jews for J, and Harry Krishna, all of these kinds of things, and they were on the streets in Manhattan, and students of Rav Rosenfeld asked, can we, go, can we try to be, I see one of them, looks like maybe he would look, and he said, stay away, stay away. And it could be because the person wasn't qualified to deal with it, or because this is a category. Once a Jew crosses that line, they become a missionary, could be at that point in time, we don't reach out to them. Even though we see there are stories, recent stories, there are books written by priests who converted, who became converts, and some of them became rabbis. But here again, very often in those cases, they came. They came. They came begging to be admitted to Judaism. They saw contradictions in their own books, their, their books of theology, and they came saying, I want to study Judaism, I want to learn about Judaism. <clears throat> and then, when the mishpat, when justice will be established perfectly and properly, yibone habeis that's when the third and final Beis will be built. Shahu Bechinas Heichal HaKodesh. That's one of the forms of Heichal HaKodesh that Rabbi Nezal speaks about over there in Likut Emran. V'yekuyam, and we will see the fulfillment of the Pasuk, Ki Mitzrayim Ar'enu Niflois. Just like when the Jews went out of, came out of Egypt, I'm going to show you once again wonders. Niflois means wonders. Pele. Pele means keser, the highest, highest form of light. This refers to the repair, the complete repair and establishment of the wonders of justice, of mishpat. As we see, there's a pasuk in the Torah that says that when the mishpat will be wondrous to you, meaning it'll be way above you. You'll see that this item of mishpat sometimes is way, way above our heads. And it's because of this that the end, the final end of this golos, which is called Kate's haplois, the one is so hidden. We don't see it. It's, it's, it's hard for us to imagine when is all of this darkness going to come to an end. And Rav Nosanzal concludes with a short tefillah, V'ashem Yisborach Yerachim Oleinu, May Hashem have pity on us, V'yareinu Niflois Yisa Mishpat, May He reveal to us and show us, <coughs> show us the wonders, the wondrous Mishpat, V'oz Yekuyam, and then we'll see the fulfillment of the Pasuk in Yeshaya Hanavi, Tzioin B'mishpat Tipode V'shoveho B'tztoka, 
that Zion, the city of Yerushalayim, the Jewish people, will be redeemed with mishpat. Through proper mishpat, that's going to bring about the final redemption. And, those, and, and all those who will return, will return b'tzdaka, b'mheira b'ameinu, amein v'amein. May this happen soon, during, quickly during our time. Question in the chat, what's the connection between weighing one's words and having many students? <clears throat> the, the way Rav Nosson Zal explains, badin, be slow in judging, the way Rav Nosson Zal interprets it over there is, that people tend to judge negatively. Judging people at kavchoiv, seeing the bad in other people, and being quick to say, this person, forget it, this person is a lost cause, that kind of thing. The way Rav Zal interprets the Heavenly Sunim Badin there is especially based on chapter 282 in Likud Imran, where Rav Nosson emphasizes judging le kavchoiv. There's a story with Rav Zal that one of his students, Reb Meir, a Rebbe Meir, once came to him, and Reb Meir came from a different city. And Rav Nosson started asking him questions about some of the people in that city. How is this and this one doing? So Reb Meir said, he's a lost cause. And then Rav Nosson asked, what about another person? And he said, he's also sort of, I don't, I don't see any chance of him really becoming. And Rav Nosson asked a few, and then Rav Nosson asked him, and what about you? You're also a lost court. You're also not perfect, right? He said, sure, of course, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. So Rav Nosson said, then we have no one. Then there's nobody to talk to. Forget it. We'll close, we'll close down Judaism. Is, you think that's right? You think that attitude is right? If you take that attitude, you're going to disqualify everybody. Rav Nosson said, that's not our way. Our way is to search, to look for the Nakuda Toiva, and to try to bring people close to try to find the good in each person and to tap into that, to tap into that good. And if you'll take that attitude, you'll be able to be makar of many people. With your way, you're gonna have very few customers. If you're gonna focus on what's wrong with everybody, then you're gonna have a very small group of students. But if you're gonna be able to find the good in everybody, you're gonna be able to be makar of people and teach them the derech Hashem. But once again, teaching the Derech the derech Hashem is a combination of Yira and Ahava. It's a combination of both. And if a person does eat, and if there's any imbalance, if there's too much Yira, you're going to knock people out. And if there's too much Ahava, you can drown up, you can kill people, you can kill either way. That's why the mitzvah of Emunas Chachamim, when the Torah defines coming close to rabbis, it says, don't deviate to the right or to the left from what they're going to teach you. Which means, they're going to teach you right and left. They're going to teach you what's too much and what's too little. And, and if you think you know better, and when they tell you that this is too much and you're going to say, no, 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 I can do it, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feel the bite. You're going to suffer the consequences. And if somebody tells you you're doing too little and you'll say, no, 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 it's enough for me, it's enough. Also, in either direction, chas a person needs guidance. A person needs the guidance of the Torah and especially the guidance of Tamide Chachamim. Any questions? Now, the next part is an appendix. Rav Nosson Sal finished the basic halacha, 
And then some things came up that he added. Paragraph of Zion. Shaykh Le'el. Yes. So, since you mentioned this topic, uh, sometimes we have to ask uh, Ashkenazi Likvat Muhammad, who may or may not understand Breslov and Uman. I just wanted to understand, uh, you just said how that applies with who to ask. Who to ask certain topics? Because to this year and the beautiful teachings of uh, Rabbeinu, but sometimes it's not accessible. I just want to know who to ask sometimes. That's a very important point that a person needs to know, depending on the nature of the question, sometimes just like Lahavdil, <coughs> doctors. Once upon a time, you had a doctor who was a general practitioner. A doctor was a doctor for the foot, for the eye, for the ears, for everything. In recent years, especially in recent years, more so specializing. There's, there's an eye doctor, not an eye, he's special, a retina specialist and a cornea specialist, and people who specialize in different things. If a person's going to go ask a rabbi who doesn't go to any graves of tzaddikim at all, and he's asking, should I go to, to Uman Rosh Hashanah? Obviously, there's something off there a little bit. A person has to think carefully and know who to ask what kind of questions. There are rabbis who are knowledgeable in certain areas and not as knowledgeable in other areas, there's, there's, there's an unusual case of certain rabbis who are awesome, who are all over. They know all four areas of Shulchan Aruch, all four sections of Shulchan Aruch, and qualified to answer questions in all four areas. And some of them are familiar with Hasidus also, and some of them are knowledgeable in Kabbalah also. And that person is wide-angle. That person can, can understand and relate to everything. Other rabbis, sometimes a person will ask a rabbi a certain question, and the rabbi will say, this question is not really for me because I'm not familiar with this area, or this isn't my, my community, isn't, isn't involved. Go ask somebody who's, you know, who's knowledgeable of that. And unfortunately, sometimes a rabbi won't look at that, and will just tell you, it's wrong. You, you're not allowed to do, you're not supposed to do that, even though there are other highly qualified rabbis who will say it's not wrong that this is a matter of custom, and one community has this custom, another community has a different custom. Another question in the chat, that, that in the Breslov sources, Hisbeidus is always referred to as speaking to Hashem. Why isn't just one enough? There are many books and svarim written on meditation and all kinds of different versions of it. Somebody else asked me this question recently. Rabbeinazal, in his svarim, speaks about two things, two, two, two aspects of his spiritus. The one that he speaks, puts the greatest emphasis on is, is going into a, being in a private zone and pouring out one's heart to Hashem, speaking to Hashem, one-on-one, this Sicha Be'noi Le'ven Koinoi. Rabbi Nezal also speaks about Bitul, the term Bitul, which means a person shutting down. Uh, another term for that is Hispashtu Sagashmius, a person disconnecting, detaching themselves completely from the physical and materialistic world, and just nullifying themselves totally totally to Hashem.
there are places in Likut HaLochas where Abnasazal puts the two together and says that these are two parts of a whole. That in order for a person to have real hispoiridus, to really, really be able to open your heart and pour out your heart to Hashem completely, a person needs to start with hisboinenus, or this hispashtus agashmius, or this beetle, to first disconnect, detach oneself completely, completely from the physical, and then open your mouth, then pull the trigger, open your mouth and speak to Hashem coming from that place, from that place of bitul. And we have a term used in the Navi, chashmal. Chashmal is, means light, and chashmal is a term used in the Navi Yecheskel referring to like the highest light of Hashem, a very high level light of Hashem. And the Gemara says that the word chashmal is made up of two parts, chashmal. Chash means silent, Tfila belachash, Shmonesre is called the silent Shmonesre. Chash is silence. Mal means to speak. Mi yemalel gevurois Hashem. And Rav Nosanzal says this is a two punch, a double punch. The chash, the silence, that before a person starts his poiridus, if at all possible, to have that chash, that silence, that complete silence, and to shut down all the physical systems and all the physical connections, and then mal, and then to open one's mouth and speak and pour out their heart to Hashem, you know, their inner feelings, pour it all out to Hashem, pleading with Hashem for guidance, for forgiveness, for all the different things that we need. Paragraph Chavzayin. Bishvil Zeh, Rav Nosanzal says, based on what we've been learning in this halacha, we can understand why Yisroi Daiko Zoho Litein Eitzel Moshe Rabbeinu Alvar Hamishpat. We find in the Torah that when the Jews come out of Egypt, Moshe Rabbeinu takes the Jews out of Egypt, and he is the judge. He's the rabbi. He's the judge. Any problem, any question is being brought to Moshe Rabbeinu. Yisroi witnesses this. And he says, this is ridiculous. This is impossible. There's no way in the world you're going to be able to handle all of this by yourself. You must set up a hierarchy. You must set up a system of leaders of tens, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, leaders of thousands. And, and they'll be under your guidance and direction. And whatever questions they can handle, they handle. And the questions they can't handle that are above them should be brought to you. That, so Yisroi is the one who gives Moshe Rabbeinu the advice in setting up a court system, a mishpat, a system of mishpat, how to judge the Jewish people. Kamei Kosov, as it says there, v'ato sechezem ikolon. You, Moshe Rabbeinu, look out into the people and see who's qualified for a leadership position. Who's qualified to be a leader of tens? Who's qualified to be a leader of hundreds? Because Yisroi, who was a legitimate ger, and as we said earlier, one of the most important components in a ger coming to join Klal Yisroel is this mishpat. That's why Yisroi was the one who added this chapter to the Torah, this chapter of Mishpat, setting up a court system in Klal Yisrael, Shehi vi'ato sechezeh, 
And this will explain also why the Jewish nation receiving the Torah on Har Sinai is written right next to Ve'ela HaMishpotim HaShetosim. Ki Ho'esh Shalmatim Torah Hi Bechinas Eish HaMishpotanal. Because all the fire that went on when Hashem gave the Torah on Har Sinai, the whole mountain was on fire, smoking, was all this fire of Mishpat to be Makari the Jewish nation. Ki Yisroel Niskarvu was Lashem because that was a major outreach program for Klal Yisrael. That was when Klal Yisrael became Mekurov to Hashem. Paragraph Chavches, V'zeh b'chinas t'kia shvarim t'rua. And based on what we've been learning here, we'll understand the three sounds of the shofar. Shehim b'chinas t'las avon, k'muva. The Zohar HaKadosh says the three sounds of the shofar correspond to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Ki ha'ovois hoyu megayrim geirim, k'mavur b'maymaral. Because as Rabbi Nezal says there in Mikutim Aran, and as we see in the Gemara, the Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were involved in outreach, in bringing people close to Hashem. Shezeh nasa al yidei ha'shofar. And we saw earlier in this halacha, that that's what the sound of the shofar is all about. Shehu bechinas yira. The shofar represents fear, awe. The Pesach says, Hayitoka shofar bo'ir v'am lo'i Can a shofar be blown in a city and the people won't tremble? So the shofar is yira, mishpat. K'may shekosuv, mishomayim hishmato din. Eretz yoro v'shakoto. Speaking about Matan Torah, Hashem, from heaven, you proclaimed your judgment. The earth was in fear and silence. Bekum, vezeh bechinas malchiyos, zichroinos, v'shoifros. And based on this, we'll also understand the three groupings of the shoifer blowing and the three groupings in the Shmon Esri of Musaf on Rosh Hashanah. Malchiyos, there's one paragraph there where we speak, they quote Psukim from the Chumash, from the Navi, from Ksuvim, that declare Hashem's kingdom. That's the name of Hashem that we spoke about earlier in the Halacha, that Rabbi Nezal speaks about over there. Baruch Shem Kevoid Malchusoi. Bechinas Heichal HaKodesh. Ki Shem Hu Bechinas Malchus Kanal. Because as we saw earlier, the name... <coughs> Is the Malchus, Baruch Shem Kevoid Malchusoy, Kemoshan Oimrim Bemalchios, as we say in that paragraph in the Musaf Shmonesri of Rosh Hashanah, Vahoya Shem Lamelech Al Koloretz, Bayoimahu Yiyah Shem Echod, Ushemoyechod. That on that day in the future, Hashem will be recognized as king and his name will be one. We see the Malchios connected to the Shem which Rabbi Nezal speaks about there in the Kut Imran. Zichroinos, the other category, the second category of shoifer blowing and, and major paragraph in that Shmon Esri of Musaf, Zebechinas Mishpotanal, is related to Mishpot. She'odam shoifei Zichroinos means remembrances, to remember that a person audits himself a person goes back and remembers everything they've done and are doing. 
by a person remembering and reviewing everything they've done, they avoid divine judgment. We said, the Gemara says, that when there's mishpat down below, there's no mishpat in heaven. When the prosecutor comes before the heavenly court and says, Hashem, did you hear what this and this Jew did? Did you hear the sin he did? Hashem says, yes, excuse me, I did hear. He already told me himself, goodbye. I don't need you to prosecute him. The person confessed his own sin. He did his own mishpat. Because if you take a look at that paragraph in the Shmonesrei of Musaf of Shmonesrei, it's all talking about mishpat. As it says there, you Hashem remember all the different things that people in the world have done throughout all the generations. And you audit. Who is not being judged on this day? Who isn't being audited on this day of Rosh Hashanah? All creations are being counted and judged. To remind them of the things they've done. This is all talking about mishpat, judgment. That a person has to think over carefully what they're doing. Because a person realizes that Hashem remembers everything. There's no forgetting by Hashem. The whole mass of you is and everything the person has done throughout their entire life, they're going to be reminded of it on that day of judgment. So zikaroin is all about judgment. Therefore, a person has to always judge themselves. Don't wait to be judged. Don't wait to be taken to court. If you'll judge yourself, you'll avoid having to go to court. The third category is called Shoifrois. Zebchinas Eish HaMishpat. That represents that fire of Mishpat that Rabbi Nezal speaks about there in the Kutimran. Bechinas Koil Hashem Choitzev Lavoiseish Kanal. As it says, the voice of Hashem shoots forth fire. As we say in that paragraph in the Shmon Esrei, Vechol Ha'om Royen Esakoilis Valapidim. The entire Jewish nation saw the sounds and the fire at Har Sinai. Hainu Kanal, Kalidekol Bechinoi Seilu, Mekarvin Geirim, Ubalechuvola Shemispora. Because through all of these things that we've described here, this is how Geirim converts and Balechuva are able to come close to Hashem. Sheze Iker Bechinas Rosh Hashanah. And this is one of the most important points of Rosh Hashanah, that Rosh Hashanah is not a time of exclusivity, that I want to daven in my minion. I want to daven with people that are like me. Exact. I don't want these other crazy people with the black hats or the white hat or the green hats. So that I want to be in my, I want to feel comfort. I want my comfort zone. That's the exact opposite of what Rosh Hashanah is all about, Rav Nassazal says here that the Iker on Rosh Hashanah is, we're blowing the shofar. The shofar is an announcement. Hear you, hear ye, hear ye. Come and join us. Who should come and join us? Balechuva, Geirim, they should come and join us. There are, there's Erev Rav. 
there is a concept of Erev Rav, who we don't want to join us. But, but the, the, the concept of Rosh Hashanah, the, the shofar is about kibbutz go, the ingathering of the exiles. That's what it's all about. And that's why Rabbi Nezal put such emphasis on this. Rabbi Nezal said, make an announcement. Everyone must come to me for Rosh Hashanah. And again, Rabbi Nezal, through his tefillah, will decide who shouldn't come. But the people that are coming, there's no one that has the authority to say, you out. Or, I want to be in my little minion. I want to be in my little place with similar like-minded people and like-dressed people. Rav Nosanzal is showing us here, that's defeating the purpose. That's defeating the purpose, the message of Rosh Hashanah. Any questions? Correct. Question in the chat that Zichroinois is the first kind of Mishpat that's directed at oneself to remember all the things that I've done, to review everything that I've done and remember it, <coughs> remember it to Hashem, speak to Hashem about it. And the Shoifrois is that Mishpat, that Eish, that's directed at burning away the negativity. Correct. Paragraph Chavtes. Now Rav Nosazal introduces an interesting thing that we don't see that much today. In the small villages, in the small towns where everybody was religious, these small communities, there would be a Gabai who would bang on, a, on an anvil, anvil to wake up the people to come to shul in the morning. Kids that go to camp, I remember as a child going to camp in the Catskills, and they would blaze, they would blast a song in the morning to wake up the kids, wake up all the kids when it's time to wake up and get dressed and go to shul in the morning for shachris and camp. So here he says there's a custom that the Gabai bangs with a hammer on, a, on some type of a thing in order to awaken the people to go to shul. Ki baboiker hu his Because as we learned earlier, Morning is a time when the mishpat is awakened. We had said that at night when we go to sleep, when the moichen leave us, our seichel leaves us, that's a time when we're giving over the mishpat to Hashem completely. That's when the courts are closed. We're not doing mishpat down here ourselves. The mishpat is in Hashem's hands. It's given over to the Shekhinah. But in the morning, that's when mishpat starts again down here on earth. Because that's when the Mishpat can be brought to light, as the Pasuk says. As the Pasuk says, That in the morning, activate the Mishpat. And this is the concept of striking with that hammer. Not, strike, not hitting anybody in the head with the hammer banging the hammer on something that's going to make noise, a loud noise, to invite people to come to shul. This striking is a form of judgment, mishpat. That fire of mishpat. As it says in a Pasuk in Yirmi Anavi, 
Hashem says, my words are like fire. My words are like a sledgehammer that can smash a rock into smithereens. Through this fire of mishpat, through this striking, this plays a major role in bringing all of those people who are far away to bring them close to Hashem. This is why we awaken the people through this banging that everyone should gather to the shul. That's an ingathering of everyone. That everyone should come close to Hashem and to go to shul to be involved in davening and learning. Because here this element, the fire, the, the bang, the bang, this hakor, this striking, this fire, this mishpat, that burns away all the negativity from the heichal. <coughs> That's what makes it possible for everyone to come close to Hashem and to come to the shul. The shul is an example of this heichal chazak. The sound of this banging is a powerful sound. This is that sound that activates the mishpot. Because one of the things that activates mishpot is coil, sound. The sound of the shofar. Because coil is mishpot, as is known in the Sifrei Kabbalah. Now remember, we had said along the way that Mishpat was associated with Yaakov Avinu. There's a pasuk Mishpat Utsedoka BeYaakov, and Yaakov Avinu is Tiferes, which is this combination of Chesed and Gvura. It's and Tiferes is sometimes referred to as all six spheroids: Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid. Sometimes we refer to that whole set as Tiferes. That when we say Tiferes, we mean that whole set of six. It's brought that the word koil, the kuf lamed of koil, kuf lamed is bigematria five times yudke vavke, representing the five spheroids of chesed, gvura, Tiferes, netzachoid. The vav of the word koil, a vav is six, represents the sixth sphera, which is Yesoid. Yesoid is the sixth sphera. So the word koil represents the whole zerant and that whole set of six, which is referred to as mishpat, which is Yaakov Avinu. V'alkein, kol ha-makois v'ha-mishpatim sh'os ha-moyshe b'mitzrayim hoyo al yidei ha-koas And this is why all of the plagues and all of the judgment that Hashem inflicted, the judgment and justice that Hashem inflicted on the Egyptians, how was it done? 
Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, take your stick and strike. Strike the river. Strike the city. Because this striking is a form of mishpat. And this is why the Gabbai would bang three times with that hammer in the morning. This is a form of mishpat, which we said requires three. The minimal court of justice is three judges. And therefore on Shabbos, the Gabbai doesn't do this. He doesn't do this banging to wake up everybody to go to shul. On Shabbos, we don't need to do something to activate the Mishpat. Because the holiness of Shabbos itself eliminates the negativity. Because on Shabbos, the Shechina rests. It's not battlefield. On Sh- During the six days of the week, there's a war between good and bad. On Shabbos, the war stops because the bad is eliminated automatically. When Shabbos enters, all of the bad runs for the hills. They run to hide. Baruch Hashem. Any questions? You read my mind, you mentioned um, earlier that we want everybody to come close except for the Arab Correct. I'm very familiar about the Arab Rab and you know, a different Sephora. Uh, but isn't there a place where Rabbi Nassim was saying that in the end, that even the Arab also have their tikkun? I can't remember who was, he looking to have a thought. And then I want to just know that in contrast to the, to the, to the, to the, to the Nevin, which talk about the Jews that align themselves against Jerusalem and will be destroyed with the enemies also too. I think it's in Yemiah, I'm not, I'm not completely sure where it is, maybe it's a Chari actually. But there's also Jews who align themselves with the enemies of Israel who come up against Jerusalem who will also be a It's a question that goes into how to make it work. The answer is correct. And, and the Ariz, Rav Nassau quotes in a place that Moshe Rabbeinu was right meaning that even the heir of Rav will in the end get a tikkun, be brought close. The mistake was timing, that it wasn't the right time then. Even though Moshe Rabbeinu saw that he struck with the stick, Moshe Rabbeinu saw mishpat, mishpat, mishpat. He saw Hashem mishpatted the Egyptians, he whacked them to smithereens, 10 whacks and then splitting the Red Sea and, and Matan Torah and Har Sinai, fire and... It looked like the Mitch Mishpat was at the peak, the peak peak. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu thought that he could even be Mekar of the Erev Rav. The Arizal says the mistake was it wasn't the right time. In the end, they will have a Tikkun also, just like Koirach. The Arizal says that Koirach will have a Tikkun in the end. The words Tzadik, Katomor, Yifrach. There'll come a time when the Tzadik will sprout forth like a palm tree. The last letters of Tzadik, Katoma, Yifrach spell the word Koirach. That there's going to come a time when Moshe Rabbeinu is going to reach a certain height where he's going to be able to be Mesakin Koirach. But again, timing. You have to know, is it the right time or it's not yet the right time? That was the mistake. And, and again, the heir of Rav, that's, that's going to be a job for Moshiach. We have to be extremely, extremely careful you know, in that sense question in the chat, 
we see that all Hasidim go to their own Rebbe on Rosh Hashanah. Not just Hasidim, the people in the yeshiva world go to their yeshivas. Many of the yeshivas insist that their students daven in their yeshiva. True. And Rabbi Nezal also insisted that anyone who's willing to listen to him should come to him. He didn't say that we should go out and rent a stadium and tell everybody, tell, and start announcing everybody come to Rabbi Nachman. It, we're not there yet. Moshiach is going to do that. When Moshiach comes, everyone will daven together. But Rabbi Nachman said, anyone who's willing to listen to me, come to me for Rosh Hashanah. Anyone who's willing to listen. And again, that's a major level of, and he said, what I can do on Rosh Hashanah, I can't do the rest of the year. Meaning there are people who during the other times in the year, the mishpat won't work for them. But on Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, which is Yom Hadid, the day, the highest day of Mishpat for the Tzaddik, Rabbi Nezal said, everyone come. Every, whoever will come, I'll be able to help them. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. We're, we're getting ready. Wednesday, Wednesday is good. Today is Tuesday. Tomorrow is Erev Rosh Chodesh Tomorrow is Yom Kippur Katan. Tomorrow is a major step towards Rosh Hashanah. We should be zeichet to, to see the ultimate tikkun mishpat with the coming of Moshiach. The binyan beis hamikdash meiv yameinu. Amen. Amen.